Good morning. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're reading the entire Bible together, book by book, chapter by chapter. You know, we read the Gospel of John to start out with uh, when, when I joined the program back in, what was it, May? And then we looked back into the Old Testament, looked at the book of Numbers, the wilderness wanderings of God's people as they were coming up out of Egypt. And then since then, we've kind of hopped around. We've seen some stuff in the New Testament times with uh, John's first epistle. We looked back the time during the exile in Babylon with, with Daniel, the time right after the exile in Babylon, when they were dealing with the Persians in Ezra. And here we are in Isaiah, looking at this time before the exile, when we're contending with the Assyrians. And it's just kind of good to take stock and look at where we are right now, because this is Isaiah chapter 35. And in Isaiah chapter 35, it's kind of like a summary. This is kind of the last time we're going to hear one of these prophecies from Isaiah um, dealing with this era of God's people. Once we get to chapter 36 tomorrow, we're going to, it's kind of like history, actually. We, it's a very interesting transition. It's almost exactly what you have in Second Kings. We have a few chapters of just straight history. We're just hearing the story of what actually went down in kind of plain historical narrative. Uh, but today is this last piece of prophecy of Isaiah kind of pulling back the curtain, giving us God's perspective on everything that's going on. And so, um, you know, here we are. It's this this vision of the final restoration of Judah as Judah is dealing with the Assyrians in this really delicate time. So glad to be back with you all. I thank uh, the Reverend Dr. Steve Shave for filling in for me yesterday. By God's grace, I'm doing much, much better. Thank God for um, hospitals and IVs. And it was, uh, it was, it was a rough evening uh, a little bit ago, but uh, slept very well last night. Thank you also, Pastor Warren Worth, yesterday for being our guest and for uh, the people, the good people of Good Shepherd and Arnold for being Church of the Week. Uh, you guys did a great job with this uh, Isaiah chapter 34 that we just had, this uh, Oracle of Judgment here. And now we can move on to the restoration. And today we have, as one of our regular guests, we've got Pastor Scott Adel, Pastor of Good Shepherd in Collinsville. Good Shepherd's a good name, right? No, wait. No, 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 wait. That's actually who we have tomorrow. Today, not 100% yet, am I? Today, <laughs> I know our guest was like, <gasps> heart attack. It's Pastor Curtis Dieterding. No, Scott. Uh, Scott's tomorrow. Today, it's it's Curtis Dieterding, pastor of Zion in Fort Myers, Florida. Oh, okay. So one of the places where it's not snowing right now. Welcome, brother. Good to have you with us again. <laughs> Yeah, so it's so it's good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that I'm here today. That's <laughs> I was starting That's to right. wonder. He's, he's just kind of like, hang on, what am I supposed to? <laughs> no, yeah, no. no I'm, so... uh, I'm, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm doing doing a lot better, but you, you know, still. Uh, so you were under the weather, the or what happened oh, there? Gosh. I didn't. I, no, I'm honestly, sorry. I'm kind of I'm kind of in the in the dark here on this one. Yeah, no, no, no. I I, I appreciate. Um, you know, they were they were they were praying for me yesterday, and I'm really I was really happy that they were because. Uh, in the end, I think it was food poisoning, and I think it oh. was a really bad case because, you know, um, I've had food poisoning once before, and it's not something I would wish on, like, my worst enemy, but uh, this particular variety I had, it was not the sort, we'll say, where you get an upset stomach and then it kind of leaves your system. It just kind of sat there and just, ooh, it was just bad. 
It was just, just bad churn, by huh? then. Oh, I'm sorry yeah, to hear so, that. But yeah, but um, you know what's that? That's the thing. The 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 good. Uh, the grace of, you know, food poisoning is that, you know, the miracle of the human body that God has designed, like you get over it on your own, actually pretty quickly. And it's, it's crazy because I'm just kind of walking around like nothing happened, though I guess I'm, my brain is not a hundred But it comes with a, with, a, with a vengeance, that's for sure. I, it, I've, it sure I've had that myself sure and it's, not, oh, it's oh. not a good experience at all. That's right. Yes, everybody make sure to carefully wash your fruits and vegetables and cook your meats thoroughly. <laughs> PSA, <laughs> exactly right. strong word. <laughs> oh, You're man. a shining example um, of what can happen. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so looking at Isaiah 35 today, and um, yeah, no no food poisoning, no being sick, no uh, being on the verge of death. It's all restoration here. The eyes of the blind are opened, and the the lame man leaps. I mean, this is uh, this is like we saw. This is the sort of Isaiah language that gets picked up in the New Testament. Uh, with restoration here, you know, like a highway being in the wilderness. I mean, this is this this feels very New Testamenty as it summarizes everything we've read in Isaiah so far. Right, right, and you know, yesterday um, seems like the last time that you and I were on, uh, we had a a lot of law in the chapter that we were studying. And um, I'm, I was looking at yesterday at 34, and, you know, <laughs> here we go again. It's law, and then yeah, today right. we get gospel. So, you know, yeah. you go from the law, gospel. And it does, it does move uh, back and forth sometimes throughout Isaiah, too. So, but this is, I was glad to see that we're going to be more on the gospel side of things today uh, whenever yes. I was uh, getting ready for today's uh, Bible study. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I was listening to yesterday's broadcast, and I know that— um, yeah, Pastor Pastor Worth was was just saying like, man, you know, like here 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 we go, you know, just from from <laughs> law to law, and because I mean, I mean, yeah, yeah, definitely, you know, the chapter thirty four. I mean, it is it's it's harsh, you know, talking about the you know the sword of the Lord being, you know, like a uh, you know gorged and sated with with blood and and fat, and you know, I mean, it's like whoa, just a, this just very. Um, you know, brutal image, but I mean, it's, it's what paves the way for the gospel, right? Like you, you can't have in chapter 35, this, this highway, um, you know, that's being opened up in a way of holiness and there's, there's no more unclean that's coming to possess it. You can't have all that unless God comes with his judgment, with his sword and, and clears the way, you know? And, and so you, you have that in chapter 34, this image, it's not just, Clearly, when it when it says Edom in chapter thirty four, it's not just Edom in kind of this small sense, but kind of looking at it as like the you know the big picture of finally defeating God's enemies. You know, like this is this is God like in Revelation, like you know finally taking the dragon and throwing it down into the fiery furnace, right? Like this is um, this image of God defeating the enemies of the people of God. So in chapter thirty five, it's not just you know. Um, that the exiles in Assyria and Egypt can return. You know, it's not just that the people hiding out um, in Judah who are hiding from the Assyrian invasion, you know, it's not that they just get to come out of their tents and come out of the woods. This isn't just that situation, though it is that, but it's the bigger situation of, you know, God's people finally um, having the the city of God and having the peace and righteousness of God and and actually just dwelling in the presence of God, finally in safety and security. This is what we're looking forward to. Right. Right. Very good. Well said. Well, 
Let's go ahead and dive into this here. Shorter chapter, 10 verses, uh, which is nice because we can just kind of go verse by verse and really sink our teeth into it. Kind of more like uh, the way they do it on, on sharper iron. You know, sometimes I'm envious of them. They only they only take like, you know, a handful of verses at a time. And sometimes we're just like, OK, well, this chapter's got 40 verses in it. So we're going to go right. really fast. But, but, right. but we only got 10 here. Uh, so very good. And as we get started, brother, would you say a prayer for us and for all of our listeners today? Absolutely. Gracious God, there's many times in our lives when we are when we feel like we are in the wilderness, in the in a dry land, in a desert, and uh, those 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 times are valleys uh, where we seek refreshment, where we seek um, life among uh, what feels so dead. Um, both whenever we're fighting against and battling against sin in our lives and and when we're being attacked by evil, when we're being attacked by all the things that were the result of our fall into sin. We pray that you would be with us today, that we would be lifted up by these words from Isaiah that would strengthen us, that help us be strong in all that you have to, to bring us out of this exile and in our own lives, in this own dry land and wilderness, uh, to, to looking forward to the day when we will truly, as Isaiah already gives us a glimpse, uh, come into uh, a place where it will be completely different, where there will be pools and springs of water and there will be uh, all kinds of riches that you will lavish upon us and that we would inherit all that you have given to us, and that there would be blossom and, and that we would be able to, to enjoy all that, that, that there is in the heavenly places. Bless us. Enrich us, continue to help us to grow in our grace that we have been given to us freely through the faith that was ours in Christ Jesus. In his most precious and holy name we pray. Amen. 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 All right. Well, let's just look here. You know, you, you're mentioning this this uh, wilderness or elsewhere in Isaiah, how it's called a dry and weary land. Um Let's just kind of consider here maybe these first two verses and, and try to unpack, you know, what what wilderness are we talking about here? You know, we've been talking about Jerusalem. You know, that's not a wilderness. That's up on a hill, right? We've been talking about, you know, um, you know Edom and Assyria. So yeah, kind of good to kind of take stock of that and consider how this how this does really fit as the conclusion of all this stuff that we've been reading in Isaiah. So here's the first two verses here in Isaiah chapter 35. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. All right, so I mean, how how is this fitting together with, with what we've read? I mean, you know, like I was saying, you know, when you think of the siege on Jerusalem, you know, um, I mean, that that, that see, kind of seems like it's a different picture from what we have here. This, this is this kind of nature imagery of, you know, blossoming. Um, and, you know, obviously that must mean that there's there's rain um, and, and water coming into this dry place. So what what's going on here with this language in Isaiah? I think that um, you know the Lord is is making it very clear that He's going to be there for the people, that He's going to bring them out of where they're at and uh, back to a land, uh, you know, because they they they've had this land of, of flowing of milk and honey, 
uh, we, we've had that picture painted for us before, too, that uh, he's wanting them to know that they're, that he's in a process of helping them to come back to, uh, to the place where um, they have glorified their Lord before, where they have seen his, uh, his glory and his majesty in all, the, um, in all the, the abundance of where they were in their land at one time. So he's going to bring them out of that desert and uh, into a place, again, in a sense, flowing with milk and honey. But in this uh, case, you know, the, the language is a little bit different, reminding us of the cedars of Lebanon. You know, you remember the, the, uh, right. the glory of that. We get that picture there, too, and Carmel and, and Sharon and, and uh, just the whole glory of, of God being revealed to them again in his strength and his leading in the, in the power that he has to bring them out of uh, uh, from, from their enemies back to a land uh, that would be prosperous again for them. Okay, yeah. I mean, I I do think that there's definitely in view this idea of, you know, the enemies have come and and what what they have done is requiring this at the hand of God. God God now needs to undo what has been done and, and to bring salvation and relief in the midst of a a situation that was looking pretty desperate. And and we are seeing how in, in 35 this is this is complementing what we've read in 34 and 33 like in in verse 2 Particularly, we had the mention of Lebanon and Carmel and Sharon, um, and mm-hmm. that's, that struck me that as soon as I saw that. Cause I was like, "Hey, wait a second! I think I've seen those names kind of all together in a group before." And it was just back in chapter thirty-three, actually, when it was. Let me see if I can find it back here. Yeah, it was back in thirty-three. You know, when, when there was this kind of decree of, you know, hey, don't trust in princes, don't trust in, you know, these covenants and these deals that you that you want to make. And what's it say there, right? In verse 9 of chapter 33, we read, The land mourns and languishes. Lebanon is confounded and withers away. Sharon is like a desert. And Bashan and Carmel shake off their leaves. So mm, yeah, right. uh, that, that is, I think, very helpful for understanding this rightly. Because you see um, in these verses, the, the language of uh, a, a mourning and languishing land or like a desert or a land that's been shaken off of leaves, right? This is a description, not of like, you know, uh, an actual like desert that's like far out to the east or something, but a description of these places, you know, in Palestine, a, a picture of the devastation that has been wrought by the Assyrians, that when the Assyrians are through with Lebanon, it's like a, a withered place. When they're through with Sharon, it's like a desert. Uh, when, when they're through with Bashan and Carmel, it's it's like a place that n- nothing has ever grown there. Uh, it's a picture, this this dry and, and weary land, this uh, this wilderness is, is a picture of what <clears throat> particularly what what Judah looks like after the Assyrians have come through. So I, I think it's a little it's a little bit of not in the sense of return from like they're going to come back from like exile necessarily, which is what we're going to see in the second half of Isaiah, when we get into chapter 40 and beyond, because then can we, then we're, we are talking about the exile from Babylon. But I, I think here this is talking about kind of a return from bad times, that we're going to return from this time of, um, of just everything's been, you know, destroyed, this picture of, you know, like all of our, all of our vineyards and our fields have been reduced to thorns and wilderness, uh, just a, a wilderness to, to wander around. We're going to return from that to a time 
of abundance, like the way it was when God gave us the promised land in the first place, when it was a good place to grow and to to have herds and fields and all the rest. I think it's talking about that sort of return. And, and, and you could see why with that kind of return, Isaiah would say, they shall see the glory of the Lord. Absolutely. Well, we do see the glory of the Lord in the, uh, the abundance of all, all that he provides to take care of us. And uh, so that makes sense. Yeah. And so, you know, even, even though... Uh, certainly, you see the glory of the Lord too <laughs> when his when he bears his sword and it's you know being sated with blood and fat. Right? There's that sense right, of glory. Absolutely. Right? But, but he's he, he's doing it right, and that and you see it, it, the connection. Right? It's like it's like all that stuff. You know, all the all that attacking and and um, judgment was just so that God could stop the oppressor. Right? Could could he would he was going to reverse that and and bring it to an end? He's 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 fighting. The Assyrians, when he took out the sword of the angel of the Lord, right, and slaughtered what was like 185,000, right? Seems like with some yes. kind of, mm-hmm. you know, disease or calamity or something yep. like that. Like all of that, you know, wasn't because God just, you know, was having a bad day and needed someone to take it out right. on or something. It, it was, it was because he was trying to spare Judah so that he could pave the way for his people to live in peace again. Right. Yep. Yeah, that's very well, good. Cons- Let's consider the, ne- the next couple of verses here, because um, he- here it kind of focuses not so much on on the land, though the land's important, and, and we should we should take note that like the first thing that's mentioned in this chapter is the land, right? right. That like God's mm-hmm. salvation is is for the land as well, which is you know we we can put that together for for the Christian perspective as well in a minute, um, but here we kind of focusing now not on the land but the hands <laughs> and the knees and the and the actual people that are there. So here's verses three and four. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. So, I mean, there, uh, I mean, is it actually just, it goes and it makes the connection for us here, right? You know, like be strong, fear not you know, kind of words of encouragement and gospel connected with your God will come with vengeance, right? You know, which which sounds scary, but it's like, no, hang on. He's coming with vengeance on your enemies, right? He's coming to save you. And this is that sense of, uh, you know, when when we look at the name of Jesus, you know, Jesus means, you know, God saves. I mean, that that also means, you know, God conquers, that God defeats our enemies, that he's victorious over them for us. Right. You know, I just um, every time that I hear these uh, these words from uh, from Isaiah, especially when you hear "fear not," you know, um, I re- I remember uh, back years ago when I was actually on uh, I think on my vicarage. I think it was back in '86. Uh, there was a national youth gathering held in Washington D.C. I believe that's the only youth gathering we've ever, we've ever had in Washington. Huh. And it was called On Wings Like Eagles. Oh. And, yeah, so it was, it was a focus on a theme that comes from Isaiah. And one of the most memorable uh, times that I remember is when we had the mass events, and all of a sudden all the lights in the entire place would go down, and it was just almost like mm. pitch black. You know, of course, every, I don't know, yeah. whenever you do that to a bunch of teenagers, you get a lot of noise all of a sudden. <laughs> And from there, all of a sudden, in the, in the midst of the noise, 
uh, comes this big boom, boom, boom. And I mean, the place just got deathly silent. And a, and a big light go, went to the very center of the entire place. And on a stage, elevated above the crowd, was a person that was dressed up as Isaiah. And after he had done the three loud booms, all of a sudden, you know, you'd hear some kind of command from Isaiah, like, fear not. And then he would, they would literally read, uh, he would literally just uh, recite a segment or a section of the text from Isaiah. And I I remember that. And it was so apropos to whatever it was that they were, um, whatever the theme was for that particular day. And and yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of feel that in these, in these words: "Be strong, fear not. Behold, your yeah. God will come with vengeance. You know, He will save yeah. you. He will come and save you." And I can just, I can still hear those words kind of reverberating in my heart and in my mind yet, all these yeah. years later. So, very yeah, strong words. Wow. Very that, strong that, that's, words. That's a really I, cool I, picture. I mean, like I feel like that that the experience that you had, you know, of like the the man who's like Isaiah, like like a. You know, like a light shining in the darkness, lit, lifted up yes. like that. I mean, it, you think of, uh, you know, it, it's like, you know, John the Baptist who came like he was a light you know, in the midst of the darkness to, to point the way to the true light or like the angels, right, who come, you know, shining yes. and, yep. and, and yes. scary. And they, what do they have to say? If, you know, fear, fear not, right? Don't be afraid, right? I mean, Isaiah, I mean, his words are just, um, they're, they're majestic here and he speaks to us you know, like, like an angel does. I mean, because, I mean, you know, he's, he's, uh, he saw the angels themselves. We saw that back in chapter six, right? An angel came up to him and, you know, purged the, the sin from his lips with that hot coal. I mean, now, now he is kind of coming like an angel to us with these, with these words. And it's, it's so interesting how they're so, they're so gentle, right? Strengthen the right. weak hands, make firm the feeble knees, right? He's coming to, to weak people, people who can barely stand, people who are trembling with anxiety in their heart, right? I mean, like, th- look at those words, like hands, knees, heart, you know, he's going to like individual hearts and, you know, and, and you know, picking up the, uh, you know, touching people by the hand and lifting them up, right? It's this image um, that's so compassionate and gentle, um, even while it is just so soaring and majestic. Right. And you can see, you know, that we, we know that the, the weakness and the feebleness and the anxiousness comes from being um, enslaved. You know, they're not, there's no strength. They've, they've got no hope. And so on the opposite end, we have this, to strengthen, to firm, to be strong, to fear not. Um, this is all coming from their God who is coming with vengeance. Uh, he's going to make things, uh, he's a just God. So, you know, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, and he's now going to uh, he's going to apply that in this in this situation that they find themselves in, and uh, he's going to come and uh, save them, to to uh, ransom them, to to bring them back to uh, a place where they belong, uh, to to the land that God promised. Right, right. That this that this this land is going to be restored for the sake of these people, these people who, like you were saying, just were so hopeless and they would have felt like they were well i mean they they must have been certain that they were going to become slaves of the assyrians i mean just everything nothing they did worked right i mean they appealed to egypt right Right. Isaiah said not to but then when they went ahead and they appealed to egypt and egypt they they show up with their their chariots right and their soldiers and in egypt just as Mm -hmm. boom they're gone right and you know and assyria just like 
you know, swats them aside like they're nothing. And it just, the way that Assyria just, you know, knocks them all down like dominoes one by one, you know, all the different nations, you know, um, you know, yeah, places like Lebanon and Sharon and Carmel, uh, nations like Moab and Edom, um, you know, Syria and Ephraim, just no one could stand up to these Assyrians. And they must have been certain like, oh, man, they are going to come and they're going to wipe us out. They're going to destroy the temple. We've got nothing. You know, they must have been anxious and feeble and weak, you know, but what gospel news that God is going to save them, even from a situation that seemed totally hopeless. We have to go into a short break here, but hang with us, everybody. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 35, this final chapter of prophecy in this first part of Isaiah on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Dale Meyer. Have you heard Concordia Seminary's program, Word and Work and Intersection? Every week, you can hear it on KFUO Thursdays at 2 p.m. Central Time. We visit with many interesting guests about how the Word of God applies to their daily vocations and ministries. Be sure to tune in, and may the intersection of Word and Work be busy on your corner. Take a look around you. Look closely. Immigrants in the United States and their U.S.-born children now number about 81 million people, or 26% of the population. So chances are there's someone right in your community who doesn't speak English as a first language and who doesn't know Jesus. The Lutheran Heritage Foundation can help by providing you with free Lutheran books translated into over 90 languages. See their complete list of catechisms and Bible storybooks at lhfmissions.org. Thursday on Issues Etc. We'll continue our introduction to the Quran series, talking with Dr. Adam Francisco about Surahs 3 and 4 on Christians and Jesus. We'll have Pastor Paul McCain lead us in a teaching on free will, the cause of sin and good works in the Augsburg Confession. And we'll discuss media coverage of religion with Terry Mattingly. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 35, this short chapter that just concludes and summarizes all of this prophecy for God's people here, a word of good news in the midst of what seemed like a hopeless situation against the power of the Assyrian Empire that, that seemed like nothing was going to be able to stop them. But yeah, we know, and this is a story that we're going to read in, in kind of plain terms uh, beginning next time when we look at Isaiah 36, just how God actually uh, just came into that situation and stopped and broke the siege of Assyria and brought restoration to Jerusalem and Judah. So we're looking at today, and we're joined by Pastor Curtis Dieterding, pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. And if you would like to join the conversation as well, I always invite our live listeners. You can send an email to kfuo at kfuo.org, or you can call 1-800-730-2727. 
Or if you're in St. Louis, you can just call 314-821-0850. So, yeah, you know, it's, um, and, and I hope we, uh, we're going to kind of see this, I guess, again, in just a second here. In, in verse five, it kind of, um, it kind of mirrors everything that we've read so far. There's a kind of this nice poetic pattern here. Verses one and two focuses on the land which has been reduced to wilderness, you know, like the way that Assyria comes and destroys everything. It's like you ask the question, did anyone ever used to live here? Right. Has it always been yeah, like a place? Right. Has it always been a place where there's just a bunch of, you know, jackals and ostrich ostriches and hedgehogs like it, people, you know. So. So, yeah. So it's, you know, the this place is going to be built up again after the destruction. Um, it will uh, again have beautiful fields and orchards and vineyards and all the rest. Um, in verses three and four, it's kind of focusing then on the, those who are weak and feeble um, and anxious, you know, fearing the Assyrians. And then in verses five and six, you get um, kind of more of this idea of the people being restored. And then in verse verses, um, you know, seven and eight and really the rest of it, it's again a picture kind of of the land being restored. So that's kind of that nice um, poem uh, pattern that we see of an X, right? Where it's, you can kind of picture like an X um, kind of crisscross pattern where it starts off talking about the land, then it talks about the people, then it talks about the people, and then it talks about the land, right? Kind of just this kind of um, kind of A to Z and Z to A kind of there and back again kind of pattern of restoration just to convey just how it's total. God isn't leaving anything out. God isn't going to you know, he's like, well, you know, I'll fix your land, but you won't get to live there. <laughs> or like, well, I'm going to help you guys out. But, you know, you, the place the place you live is is never really going to be like it was. You're never really going to be able to call it home again. No, it's he gives both. His salvation is complete. So now it looks like we're going to be moving into a section that um, the first section there is going to be one of uh, actually a quote that uh, Jesus uses uh, in his ministry, and then we're going to move into even more messianic kind of language and future language of the end times uh, coming up here in the last part of this chapter. So That's right, yeah. And this is, it looks very similar to what we read back in chapter 32, these next few verses. And we talked about that a little bit um, back when we did chapter 32. You can always check out our podcast and check any past episodes that you may have missed. Uh, we had uh, Pastor Wally Benovskis for chapter 32. We talked a little bit about this very similar language, but this gives us another opportunity here. Uh, let's read these next uh, three verses here. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes. So, yeah, as you were saying, you know, we've got, um, you know, aside from this, this language again, this kind of talking about the restoration of the land, um, that it's not just going to be a place of wild animals. You know, we will be able to kind of, you know, go back and uh, rebuild uh, here in Palestine, but as you were saying, you've got this language that's that's picked up by by the Lord Jesus when he's describing his own ministry, talking about the blind and the deaf and the lame and the mute um, being healed. Here, it's a it's a metaphor, and, and in Christ, it's literal. Right. 
Yeah, well, you have, um, in, at least in Matthew's Gospel, you have uh, the story about uh, John being imprisoned, uh, then sending his disciples uh, back to Jesus, asking the question, are you the one who is to come, or you know, should we look for another? And then Jesus answers, um, really pretty much quoting this, these verses, that, you know, go and tell John that what you hear and see uh, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. You know, there, you know there's always this, uh, this, uh, this looking ahead and seeing uh, fulfillment in, in, in what Christ says and does, and then there is a greater fulfillment yet to come always, where not only are the blind going to be able to see and the deaf are going to be able to hear, uh, but we will be uh, in bodies that are glorified in the end. Uh, we know that we will be clothed in immortality, that we will no longer be suffering those things that are the result of uh, a sin-laden world, that we're going to be uh, in bodies that will have eyes that can perfectly see and ears that can perfectly hear and and uh, be able to, to leap and to, and to enjoy all of what heaven is going to offer to us in bodies that are restored and, and right. uh, completely renewed fully. So, I mean, we're, we're getting a little taste of this now from pro- the prophet Isaiah as, you know, as he's telling the people what's, what's coming ahead and what to look right. forward to. Right. Restoration yeah, is not just partial. It's full. It's full. That's right. That's right. Yeah, well, yeah, no, and that's, that's uh, it's, of course, you know, a good word for us. You know, it's, I mean, isn't it, it's, I'm, I'm reading like the bit, you know, the first thing it's mentioned, the eyes of the blind shall be opened, right? You know, you're mentioning, you know, given eyes that that can see perfectly, right? I mean, isn't that something, you know, if when you go to the eye doctor, as I did uh, huh. not not too long ago, you, you never go and they're like, Hey, look! Look at that. Your vision's actually better. <laughs> <Wouldn't> <laughs> no. that be nice? It's I know, right? It's a miracle. <laughs> wow! No, it's always worse, right? And they're always like, "Okay, well, we're bumping you up to this," and I go, "Oh, we're gonna bump you to this." And that, well, actually, now you have a little bit of astigmatism in each eye. I mean, like it's always like this. You know, it's just it's running down. It's getting worse, you know. And you go to the other doctor, and they're like, "Ah, oh, well, you have a little bit less cartilage, or a little bit less range of motion, or." Yeah, I mean, it's just you're a little bit more more worn down, um, you know, every every time. And, and uh, to look forward to the day where you know we have bodies that don't wear out and bodies that can see perfectly. It's it's I I one of my favorite things is when they do. Um, I do go to the eye doctor and they do give me that new prescription. I, I get you know like my new pair of contacts or my new glasses. I look outside. And the way that you look and everything is so crisp and clear, right? And you're like, and I always, I always look at the leaves of the trees. I always, always hits me. And I'm like, wow, like these trees are beautiful. Like where have they been all this time? You know, you know, you you notice all these little details in nature and it's just, you know, it's just, uh, you know, like how, how much you can enjoy. Isn't that something, right? There's a connection, right? Right. How much you can enjoy the good land the restoration of the land that Isaiah is talking about, right? When you have a restored body, sure. you know, I mean, it's, I, I think this is imagery that we can appreciate ourselves too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I had a, I had a pastor friend one time who, who had mentioned in front of a, in front of a big seminar with the people, he said, uh, you know, sometimes we don't want to admit it 
you know, admit things in our life. And he used his eyesight about that. He said, I went to go see uh, the eye doctor, and, uh, and the doctor was telling me that, well, the reason that you're not seeing as clearly as you could is you need glasses. <laughs> he said, I remember telling him, let me think about that. And I left the office. I got out to my car. And I'm like, what is there to think about? <laughs> you know, I, I can't see for crying out. So he said, I turned right around and went back in. And could, I, I couldn't believe I even said that. And he was just so in shock because he didn't realize as how bad his eyesight had become. So, uh, But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that restoration and being able to finally get glasses on your head or to have those contacts put in just changes everything when it comes to what we see around us that's for sure right yeah no ab- ab- absolutely and and so <laughs> it's very it's very powerful where i mean you know the, these are these are metaphors for enjoying life right that like you know restoration and his people are going to be able to look around and they're going to see trees and they're going to see fields and, and they're going to be able to listen to the birds singing and, and the water you know um streaming down a babbling brook like you know they'll be able to enjoy life so these are these are metaphors here you know for being able to come out of the you know, besieged city of jerusalem being able to go and like you know rebuild and, and enjoy good peace again but you know just how how powerful they are you know because of the the kind of language and then just it's amazing how you go and you take all these metaphors and then Jesus goes and is like well hey i'm just going to do it literally i'm just going to literally open the eyes of the blind and unstop the ears of the deaf and all the rest and uh i, I mean it's um it's interesting because you you, you mentioned like in Matthew 11 because we, we looked at Matthew 11 back when we looked at Isaiah 32 because in Isaiah 32 is a very, very similar portion. Uh, let me see if I can find it over here. I just I pulled up um, the other the other chapter um, in Isaiah chapter 32. Um, I'm not seeing where it is now. I lost my place. But, uh, okay, no, there, there it is, yeah. Um, in, in verse 3, right? So it was, um, the eyes of those who see will not be closed. The ears of those who hear will give attention. I think that's actually the first part there it also talks about the heart there as we as we saw the heart right um but like so you've kind of got like all these different aspects here and so when our lord jesus then in matthew 11 goes and says what he says but the blind receive their sight the lame walk lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear the dead raised up the poor have good news preached to them you kind of scratch your head and you're like well no i don't remember a part of isaiah that says exactly that right well, because you, you you don't remember a place like that, because there isn't a place in Isaiah that says exactly that, because Isaiah seems to be um, quoted in a few different places, like our Lord's kind of drawing on it, this part in Isaiah 35, um, the part in like Isaiah 32, where he's talking about um, the, kind of the other aspects of these things here, or elsewhere in Isaiah, where he talks about the, um, the, the poor having good news preached to them. He's kind of taking all these different things, and of course, the dead being raised up, right? He's taking all these different passages, and he's saying, "I'm fulfilling everything." You know, like why, right. why fulfill just one of these specific Isaiah prophecies? Like I'm, I'm just putting all of them together, and here it all is, all at once. Right, and that's what I was saying earlier. You know, it's not, it's not a partial rest- restoration we're talking about. It's a full restoration. It's, it's everything. And uh, so, I mean, I think we get a, a beautiful picture of uh, what, what is going to happen, what the future holds as he's uh, speaking a word of prophecy to the people here um, of God. 
Um, and then, you know, just to go from, from, from blind, deaf, lame to mute over to open, unstopped, you know, to be able to leap and to sing. I mean, what a right. beautiful picture of what's ahead, you know, to, to know. I, you know, I just, I even try to think in my mind, you know, what, what it must be like for someone who is lame that just can't have anything done for them because they cannot walk and then all of a sudden be able to leap like a deer you know i think of the people that receive these prostheses uh now mm-hmm. they're creating creating them in such a way uh that you know they're they're pretty powerful and they're actually working very well you know they yeah. they aren't quite quite what god makes but it's at least something that helps them to function and to be able to do things like leap like like a deer and and right. and so forth and i think to myself you know, for the, for the mute, could you imagine not being able to ever speak any word clearly ever, and then all of a huh. sudden to be singing clearly? That yeah. they, they, just think of the joy there must be in that in that uh, restoration, and that's I think that's the flavor that we get uh, whenever we hear um, these things, these things that can truly burden us and take us and bring us down for a lifetime like there's no hope in all of these things right. and here god's bringing that hope and he's saying it's going to completely shift uh, to where everything is fully restored again right yeah that, no certainly and like, you can appreciate those things in a small way you know like you were saying if you've ever had like you know like um you know yeah i've been given like a prosthetic limb um or even perhaps even smaller way if you've just lost your voice i know i, I remember that I, I've lost. I, there was a, there was a time when like I had like a couple of years where I seemed to lose my voice like every few months or something. And um, I, I the think I think the person I feel even worse for even than myself is my wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all she got from me was kind of like you know, ugh, ugh, I mean, kinda like in point in pointing and just kind of like you know just these basically these mute grunts and then just r- like writing everything down to her. You know because I couldn't just I just couldn't talk. Oh. You know. And just uh, you know, and then when when you can finally talk again, it's you're just like, oh, what a relief, you know. And there's right. like, and I, I always remember there was like, oh, there's so many things I'm meaning to tell you, you know, you know, because it's like when you're in that situation, you um, you're all you all all you're doing is kind of just writing like the bare minimum. You're just kind of like writing like you know, this is in the refrigerator, and hey, we have to do this at this time of day, right? But like all the things you've been thinking about saying, the the nice things that you just want to be able to like just you know talk about and and, and enjoy with like each other's company and conversation, so like you can finally do that again. You know, it's right, like um, right. it's not just like you know getting from A to B, but like you know being able to like you know skip and jump and laugh while you're doing it. I mean, that's it's uh, the 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 joy is is definitely in focus here. It's um, being able to. Uh, not not just be able to like you know okay I can I can walk again but I can run again you know I can like play with like my kids again like that's right. you know that that's uh, it's going even beyond the the minimum. Right. And then the the, sec, the section that follows right behind that about the waters breaking forth in wilderness streams in the desert you know burning sand becoming a pool you know thirsty ground becoming springs of of, of water um, you know. As Christians, I mean, we can't help but think of our baptism and and the fact that, you know, life was once this way um, in our sin and now uh, breaking forth into uh, the wilderness of our spiritual, you know, our spiritual being comes that refreshing water of, of God's uh, forgiveness, salvation, grace, all of it coming. And, and you know, it's, it's a beautiful picture, really, I think, of us, you know, and 
God coming with his grace through the waters of baptism. And I yeah. I feel that this is what, you know, this rest- restoration, even though it's being spoken of by Isaiah in terms of land here, it's so true right. for us in, in our lives as well. Yeah, well, no, I think so too, that you, you can, and you can appreciate when you when you stop and you consider, okay, just what, what kind of dry situation, um, how does this really work? And, and we know that in times of war, you know, they diverted waterways, right? They would divert waterways so yes. that they would go, um, well, they would divert them so they could cross rivers um, and they would divert them so that they could bring water into cities that would be under siege, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they would divert them away from cities so that they would cut off their water supply. Right, right? Right. I mean, they would, they, would, they would do all these sorts of things. And of course, that would just wreak havoc on the, the natural world in those places. You know, things would just dry up places that you know you had whole environments and uh, ecosystems that had grown accustomed to that level of water and all of a sudden they don't have it right i mean so it's 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 uh environmental destruction going on and just barrenness or or kind of on the other side of it too you think of um how they would irrigate um their fields you know places that you know without those you know um irrigation channels that were that were dug that would not have any water so you have this picture you know of this is unproductive and just, you know, desolate place that's just been, you know, scarred by the wheels of war being restored and, and being made fertile and being made right. fruitful, you know, like and, and being the vineyard of God, as Isaiah says elsewhere. Right. And that that image of a vineyard or in a fruitful field. Right. That produces good fruit. I mean, that's that is the language of of Christian life, of the life of right. baptism, the, the life that's created by by baptism, I mean, the, yeah, the church without, is just without, a product yeah, well, of baptism. Without water, there is no life, and if you and with water, there is life. I mean, this is uh, this is just an image that's just very powerful in the life of Christians. Right, right, and so I mean, that's that's how you can produce the fruit of good works, and it's how we can have fruitful communities of of faith that are full of joy. It's because of the water of baptism that. That makes us productive. That makes us Absolutely. fruitful branches growing from Christ, who is the vine. That's how the vineyard works, right? And so, yeah, you know, this is, um, you know, and, and I think that kind of going back to what you were saying in the beginning, how you know, <clears throat> this is a description of the land, and how we can appreciate that too. You know, how often do we feel sometimes like, oh, like my family is like a, is a dry land in a wilderness, right? Like it's just like. You know, like I, I, I wanted to depend on my family and, you know, like my family was going to support me. And, you know, I was hoping that, you know, things would be better, um, you know, like, like being having, having them like in my life. But it feels like they're as needy as I am. And like, you know, like there's all these problems that I have to work out. Right. Or in our churches, we feel that way. And we say like, oh, I I found a church and I was hoping if I made myself part of a Christian community that like my needs would be met. But there's all these people who just i mean they need so much and they, they demand so much of my time and, and you know and so we kind of go down our list and we find ourselves disappointed and we feel ourselves very dried out in these places in our lives right whether that's in our in our you know at our families or in our churches or in our workplaces right but right. god exactly. gives restoration not just for the individual but even for these places and so even though there may be a dry season in one of those places of your life, kind of speaking in this sort of metaphorical way, 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that God can't bring restoration and water and fruitfulness even to those areas of your life. That's right. That's right. Exactly. And I think that's uh, you know, that's an easy picture for us who are you know on this side of the cross to see and to uh, to know what exactly this prophecy is saying, not only to those people but even to us as we look forward to the day when these words will be fully uh, fulfilled, completely fulfilled. Um, in uh, in eternity, right? Yeah, that, that's right. And, and the common denominator, whether it's for the individual or for the group or for the land, or whether it's you know in this time of the dealing with the Assyrian siege and conquest, or whether it's for us, uh, you know, look, looking looking ahead, it's for the you know the 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 final coming of the city of God, heaven on earth. The common denominator is always it's the word of God that does all this. It is his word that is the flowing stream that gives life and makes fruitful. That's the thing that is the common denominator in both situations on both levels. It's just the word that gives life. And so, I mean, just just cling to that through all of it. And that's the thing. That's the only thing that's going to make any of those things better. You know what? It's. I mean, some of those things you can kind of try to patch up, but it's. It's all comes back to the the word. And well, I think we're going to see that more in the last three verses. Let's go ahead and read these last three verses here, and then we'll still have a couple minutes here to kind of draw these things to a conclusion. So, picking it up at verse eight, and a highway shall be there, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they're fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. So this is uh, this is interesting the, the focus now is on this um, this highway that's that's going on, you know. So I mean, it's there, there's restoration for the land, um, and in in the midst of you know, okay, so the, we have vi- our vineyards, we have our fields, we have our homes and our cities, right? But we have this this highway, and it's isn't it interesting the way it's described? You know, even if you're a fool, you're not going to get lost. Like it's going to be a good big highway it's gonna be really clear and well made it's gonna be defended and it's not gonna be like wild animals on it it's why is why so much emphasis on this highway i mean this is including thought here of chapter 35 this is kind of the the big finale well yeah i mean when you think of a highway what do you think of you think of a place that uh that is going to lead somewhere and of course this this highway is is got a name the name is way of holiness and uh, so we know that the only ones who will be on that highway are those who are made clean. We know that now uh, because it says the unclean shall not pass over it. Um, and those who walk in the way. Uh, boy, I mean, there's, again, a lot of things rush into our minds uh, when we think of, you know, what they were looking at as Messiah, which we know is Christ Jesus now, uh, that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Um, and that uh, we are made clean through him, through this one who was, again, seen as Messiah then, is now known as Christ now, who has come, uh, who has fulfilled the messianic 
uh, language of the prophets, like Isaiah here, and uh, it, it it shall be belong to us. I mean, we can be secured now, knowing that this highway is a highway that leads to an eternal presence with our God and Father in heaven, uh, to our Savior Jesus, and uh, to all that the, the Holy Spirit has brought to us uh, in keeping us on this narrow way or this way, which is uh, only for those, again, who have been made clean uh, through Christ's sacrifice for us. Right. And then, of course, well, then we and, get the and, picture, you know, 9 and 10. Yeah. I'm just sorry. But just then we get the picture of what's coming. And uh, to have Zion used in there, too, I, you know, I don't want to jump right. ahead too much, but uh, there's a lot that shows us that this is the place to where we're going. Right. Yeah, well, exa- exactly. You, you need, I mean, because you got to remember in that Old Testament situation, there are these four times a year, these big holidays, these big festivals, and with joy, people would come streaming from every part of the, the Holy Land, every part of uh, Palestine, and they would all go up to Jerusalem, you know, to the temple in this one particular place, right? And uh, that might be a joyful endeavor, right, if you've got a, a good highway, right? But if you're, if you're, you know, as you're going, it's like, you know, oh, man, like you know, this part of the road's like in really bad repair, and this part there's some really, you know, uh, this part's kind of sketchy, and this part, like, there's there's wild animals, like, you know, you might think twice about going up to the temple and going up to Jerusalem, right? But to think, and I, I like what you mentioned, you know, um, our Lord Jesus uses the, uses the metaphor of a narrow way, a narrow path, a hard way to go, right? But in this day of restoration, there's a big, broad, easy path, right, where there's no obstacles getting in between you and the temple, right? right. I mean, that that's ultimately, like, you know, what we're looking forward to, that, like, there's a day when there's no obstacle between you and the temple. There's no obstacle between you and God, between you and Jesus Christ, Um you know, it's just it's just it's just there. There he is. You see him face to face. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that. You know, all the people they they walk or or go up to Zion. You know, years ago I went on a uh, tour of of Israel, and uh, in that conversation that we were having in the tour, um, it was mentioned that have you ever noticed that how all the passages say everyone goes up to Jerusalem. Right. And I had never noticed that before, really. I had not really uh, had that pointed out to me before, because where I come from, up means north and down means south. <laughs> and so yeah, right. everything goes up when it comes to Zion. That's right, yeah. Time, time to climb some stairs. Yeah, up, 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 up to the temple. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, brother. The, the music's already uh, well into its uh, <laughs> second sport. It's always a joy. You bet. Yeah, yeah but thank you so much. Everybody, Pastor Curtis Peterding, Pastor of Zion Lutheran Church in Fort Myers, Florida. Thanks for joining us today. Check out our underwriters at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation, lhfmissions.org. Peace.